From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. The Five Love Languages. Have you ever heard of that book? Uh, Chances are you probably have if uh, you've been around in the world of personal development or sales or business or leadership or entrepreneurship in any such form or fashion. It's a huge book. And it has been for years and years and years. We have the author, Dr. Gary Chapman, on today's show and episode, which is just uh, exciting. And I'm honored and was been looking forward to this uh, conversation for a long time. And I know that you're going to enjoy just hearing a refresher for many of you, probably. Um, there's so many copies that have been sold. I would assume that many of you already have the book, uh, but a great refresher and Specifically, what I wanted to talk to him about and um, the way that I sort of angle this is the five love languages, but applied to leadership instead of just applied to personal relationships and marriages, which is kind of the original design. And so what we're going to do is uh, you'll hear the interviews. We kind of do the overview of the five love languages. But at the end, what happens is... um, I start asking him about applying it to the workplace. And then based on some of the things that I uh, learned from him, he shares some really powerful data. Uh, I uh, do a recap and convert it into action, uh, action steps for you, as always, that we do at the end here on the Action Catalyst podcast. Um, Some of the strategies and ideas and techniques that we teach at Southwestern Consulting based on uh, some of our history and our work with coaching clients. And I'm going to give you 10 phrases as a leader that you can never say too often and five acts of service that you should engage in that will immediately increase the morale and the retention of the team that you are leading. Uh, Or you could think of it also as client retention if you are in uh, sales. And these are things that you can do that um, are really, really key. And you're going to understand by the end of this episode, the huge financial imperative this is and how drastically this can affect business Uh, today. So the five love languages applied to leadership is the theme of the show, the one and only Dr. Gary Chapman. And uh, thanks for being here. I think you're going to love it. We'll get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales. But sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern Coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. Dr. Gary Chapman, who you are about to hear from. If you're not familiar with his name, you're probably familiar with his book, uh, The Five Love Languages, is a number one New York Times bestseller, originally published in 1992. The Five Love Languages has sold over 10 million copies in English alone, has been translated into 49 other languages. And uh, Dr. Chapman is actually a a senior associate pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. 
um, has authored several other books. Uh, he's got two kids is, uh, and is just a, a wonderful, wonderful human. So Dr. Chapman, thank you so much for the privilege of being here. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you today. So uh, just in case uh, people aren't familiar with the five love languages, and we do have a fairly young audience um, that listens of sort of, uh, you know, even younger professionals, can you just give us a high level overview of, of what the five love languages are and kind of how you came up with them? Yeah, sure. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, that book for 25 years, every year has sold more than the year before. It's amazing. <laughs> Which says it's helping people and they're, yeah. they're friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, the basic idea is that what makes one person feel loved doesn't necessarily make another person feel loved. But you can be sincerely loving someone and they don't get it emotionally. And uh, I realize this in my counseling. I've been involved in marriage and family counseling now for uh, 40 years. And uh, I would have a, a couple sit down and one of them would say, I just feel like they don't love me. And the other would say, I don't understand that. I do this and this and this. Why wouldn't you feel loved? <laughs> I knew there was a pattern, uh, but I had no idea what it was. So eventually I sat down and read several years of notes that I made when I was counseling people and asked myself the question, when someone sat in my office and said, I feel like my spouse doesn't love me, what did they want? What were they complaining about? And their answers fell into five categories. And I later called them the five love languages and started using that in my counseling. And come to sometimes couples would come back in three weeks and say, Gary, this is changing everything. The whole oh. time it's different. And then I started using it in small groups and the same thing happened. So probably five years later, I thought, you know, if I could put this concept in a book, write it in the language of the common person. Maybe I could help a lot of people I would never have time to see in my office. So that's the history. Hmm. Five love languages are words of affirmation, mm -hmm. using words to affirm the other person. You look nice in that outfit, really appreciate what you did. One of the things I like about you, just using words to affirm the other person. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, says an old Hebrew proverb. Mm -hmm. so you can kill people or you can give them life by the way you talk to them. A second love language, and these are in no particular order, uh, acts of service, doing something for the other person that you know they would like for you to do. In a marriage, that would be such things as washing dishes, vacuuming floors, cooking meals, changing the baby's diaper. Ooh, big act of service. <laughs> but acts of service, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard the old saying, actions speak louder than words. For these people, if this is their love language, actions do speak louder than words. It's not true for everyone, but it is true for these people. Uh, number three is gifts. It's universal to give gifts as an expression of love. My uh, academic background before I studied counseling and theology was uh, anthropology, cultural anthropology. I did an undergrad and a master's degree. Uh, we've never discovered a culture where gift giving is not an expression of love. Really? Universal to give gifts. The gift says, they were thinking about me. Look what they got for me. Uh, number four would be quality time. Giving the person your undivided attention. I do not mean a couple sitting on the couch watching television. Someone right. else has their attention. I'm talking about TV off, computer down. 
you're looking at each other, you're sharing with each other what you're thinking and feeling. And this is true. All of these are true, not only in marriage, but in all relationships, certainly in business relationships. Number five is physical touch. We've long known the emotional power of physical touch. That's why we pick up babies and hold them and kiss them and cuddle them. Long before the baby understands the meaning of the word love, the baby feels love by physical touch. So in marriage, we're talking about such things as holding hands and kissing and embracing the whole sexual part of marriage, arm around the shoulder, driving down the road. You put your hand on their leg, you know. Uh, Now, when we share this in a business setting, this is where the HR people say, we don't touch and work. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh You know, uh, Dr. Paul White and I wrote a book called The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. And we simply took the love languages to work. And this is where we got pushback. Okay. (laughs) And so uh, Dr. White said to me on one occasion before we published the book, he said, maybe we ought to leave that physical touch thing out. (laughs) And I said, Dr. White, there are no cultures where humans do not touch. Now, there are appropriate touches and there are inappropriate touches, and we deal with that in the book. But humans are touchers, okay? Uh, And so the basic concept is, out of the five love languages, each of us has a primary love language, uh, the one that really speaks most deeply to us. It's very similar to spoken language. Every one of us grows up speaking a language with a dialect. And that's the one we understand best. And is, is, is our primary love language, when you say it's our primary, do you mean it's our primary at receiving or giving, or is it the same always? In, in receiving. I'm thinking primarily receiving. receiving. It, okay. It's the one of the five that speaks most deeply to you. Now, typically, we will speak most often our own love language. About 75% of the people will speak to others their primary language. Uh, but about 25% will speak one language more predominantly, but they want to receive another of the languages. And I think that uh, is because they were trained to speak one of these languages. For example, maybe a father taught his son, uh, always give the lady gifts. Don't miss an anniversary or birthday. Give her gifts in between times. So he's a gift giver. Sure. But it doesn't mean he wants gifts. That's just what he was taught to do. Right. So, yeah, so that's the way that plays out. Well, and and so then the conflict resulting let's let's go back to the marriage for a section sec, second in in uh, the relationship. So the conflict is the result of I communicate in one love language, I give in this predominant one, but my partner doesn't receive in that love language. That's basically the source of the the issue. But that's the misconnect. That's right. And that's why A wife can say, I feel like he doesn't love me. And he says, what do you mean? I wash dishes. I vacuum the floors on Thursday night. I wash the car every Saturday. I mow the grass on Saturday. I help you with the laundry. What do you mean don't love you? (laughs) He's speaking acts of service. But what she says is, that's true. You know, you're a hardworking man, but we don't ever talk. We don't ever sit down and talk with each other. You're always doing something. Right. So he's speaking acts of service. What she wants is quality time. So So, couples can be sincere and miss each other. And I think thousands of couples do. I think that's so encouraging and important to hear, right? Is that if you're just, if you're struggling in your relationship, 
our default is to automatically assume the person doesn't care about me anymore. But it's such an inspiring message in and of itself to just go, no, you're just communicating that love differently. You you speak and hear the language of love in a in a different way. I think that's that's really encouraging. So I, you touch you talk about quality time, um, and I wanted to talk about that. That is one where it's just um, you know like words of affirmation, acts of service gifts from the heart and physical touch. To me, in a lot of ways, it's like, that's very much, oh, you just have to be, you have to discipline yourself and remind yourself to do those things. Quality time is one, though I think it's it's just, it's harder and harder for people to do this. So, w- would you agree with it that that's harder for people to do? And, and what would you, what are some of the things that you've seen couples do where one or both of them receive in that language and and what have they done to sort of protect that yeah i think it can be more difficult because all of us are busy and in a super busy life uh it's more difficult to carve out time in fact uh, i've had men say to me for example why does her language have to be quality time you know (laughs) words of affirmation (laughs) Uh but but what i say is this uh, if quality time is her language if you will carve out, it doesn't have to be an hour. If you will carve out 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day just to sit down and talk with her, give her your undivided attention, see what's on her heart, what she's thinking, what she's feeling, let her share with you and let her ask you questions. And if she knows that tomorrow she'll get 15 minutes, she's going to be okay. Because one guy said to me, you know, I sit there for 30 minutes and talk to her. And then she says, are you going to leave me now? Uh-huh. <laughs> I go for an hour every night. I say, if you're consistent in giving 15 minutes every night, or it doesn't have to be at night, of course, it could be any time. If you're consistent, then she's going to come to accept that. She's going to come to realize, you know, he's he's going to be there for me. Well, I'm going to have a chance to talk. So it doesn't mean you have to carve out two and three hours at a time. Now, there may be times in which you want to take a weekend away, you know, and just have more time with each other. But uh, I think if you realize the importance of it, then it's a great investment of that 15 or 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So, should we, generally speaking, then, do you think, should we focus as givers at being good in all five of the languages, or should we focus primarily on just, you know, the one that our our spouse receives? Uh, like, do you sort of encourage, like, to be conscious of all five or mostly to go, Hey, this is the one that my spouse responds to. And that's, I need to, that's the one I really need to focus on. Well, in a marriage relationship, I say, give heavy doses of the primary love language, sprinkle in the other four for extra credit. Huh. <laughs> <Okay>? like <laughs> Mary on top, you know, uh, with children, uh, you won't know their love language until they're about four. Okay. But you can, you can see their love language because if you observe their behavior, uh, my son's love language is physical touch. When he was about three or four, when I came home in the afternoon, he'd run to the door, grab my leg, climb all over me. He's touching me because he wants to be touched. My daughter never did that. Huh. She would say, Daddy, come to my room. I want to show you something. Quality time was what she wanted, my undivided attention. So with children, you want to give them, again, heavy doses of the primary, but you want to also speak the other four because we would like for them to learn how to give and receive love in all five languages. That would be the healthiest adult. But many of us did not receive all five. 
So we came to adulthood and we had never received, for example, words of affirmation. And we find it difficult to verbalize words of affirmation to the other person. But the good news is all of these languages can be learned as an adult, even if we didn't receive them as a child. Now, the reason it's important for us to be aware of all five and seek to learn how to speak all five is because we have more than one relationship. It's not just the wife, it's children. It's, it's workers, it's uh, people with whom we work. Right. Uh, it's friends, you know. And if we recognize this concept and know that everyone we encounter has one language that speaks more deeply to them than the other, then we're going to be more effective in communicating that we love or we appreciate other people. So, so let's talk a little bit. I know you, you, you wrote a dedicated book on, you mentioned it already, the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. So, t- so moving this into leadership, um, you know, typically the focus of our coaching program and our, you know, work at Southwestern Consulting is more like in the, in the corporate workplace. Um, so do these uh, 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 apply or uh, obviously they apply? I guess the question is, what is unique about how they apply, if anything, in the corporate, like you mentioned, the physical touch aspect. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's not a direct correlation between your love language and a family relationship and your appreciation language at work. Because let's face it, work relationships are different from family relationships. There's somewhat a correlation. We found about 36% of the people, their love language at home is their love language, is their appreciation language at work. But that means for the others, they have a different appreciation language at work. Why it's so important in work is uh, research indicates that 70 percent of the people who have a job in this country say they feel little to no appreciation coming from the people with whom and for whom they work. Uh That is super high. Sixty four percent of the people who leave a job and go to another job say they left primarily because they didn't feel appreciated. We tend to think people leave for more money, (laughs) but that's not really true. They leave because they didn't feel appreciated. So most managers, if you talk to them, they will say, oh, I appreciate my people. Oh, I tell them all the time. I appreciate them. Well, you're telling them you're using one of the languages and you're hitting about 40% of your people. Mm. That means 60% of your people your words just roll off like water off a duck's back. They don't get it because that's not their language. So you're missing out on about 60% of the people who work for you. And is there a certain percentage that you, like, is there a standard, do, do, do you happen to know just like across the board, like, you know, maybe a U.S. general census, what the per, how the percentages are split between the five, or is it kind of all over the place depending on the context? Yeah, Dr. White, uh, my co-author, did research on that with about, I think it was 10,000 people in the group and uh, in, in the study group. And I don't have those figures in front of me. I do know that 40% is words of affirmation. Okay. I think uh, I'm thinking it's 35 percent that are uh, acts of service and 25 percent that's quality time. And then there's a m- smaller percentage that are gifts and almost no one in the workplace has physical touch as their primary language. Huh. Very interesting. So what we did, we dealt with physical touch in the book, but we left it out of the, in- the online inventory that comes with the book. We call it the MBA inventory motivating by appreciation. Uh, So we left it out on the inventory. Uh, But gifts 
I know is the is the least. It seems to me it was five percent. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but it kind of that that's that's roughly okay how it does. That's helpful. No, that's that's good to just kind of have a rough eyeball of it, which is interesting because forty percent in terms of words of affirmation that's that's a lot. I mean, saying the words, uh, you know, I appreciate you, you belong here. Um, that is a, 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 a that's for I mean that's 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 a lot and then the other thing that gifts are only five percent but then you think about companies give away you know prizes and watches and you know whatever TVs and stuff and really thirty five percent of people would rather just have you you know, do something nice for them um, I think that's I think that's kind of uh, that's kind of fascinating so I, I knew this was going to happen. Um, uh, the time here is is almost out. Where would you want people to go to connect with you and to, to learn more about your work? Well, if they go to fivelovelanguages.com, the number five, fivelovelanguages.com, they'll see uh, snippets of all of my books. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want specifically to gear in on the appreciation book in the workplace, it would be appreciationatwork.com. And the ad is at appreciation at work dot com. Wow, I'm surprised. That's a good domain. I'm surprised you got that one. That's a good. That's a great. Do- <laughs> that's a great domain. Uh, um, so okay. So last little question here: Can your love language change over time? And if so, what causes that? Yeah, that's a good question and a common question that I get. I think, like many other personality traits, the love language tends to stay with us for a lifetime. Now, having said that, I think there are certain stages of life and certain circumstances in life that another love language may pop up for a while and, and seem to be more important than the primary. For example, a mother who has two preschool children, acts of service may not be her love language, but I can tell you during those years, if he pitches in and helps her, it's going to really communicate love to her. Mm. Or let's say uh, your spouse gets word that some family member has died. Physical touch may not be their language, but I can tell you, if you hold them in your arms as they cry and you cry with them, I can tell you that's going to speak deeply to them. So the stages of life and circumstances sometimes cause another to, you know, to come higher. Another factor is if you get enough of your number one, and your number two is rather close to your number one, you may begin to say, you know, I, I don't know. I think my love language is changing. I think I think I want this. But if they take away number one, you'll quickly say, oh, no, 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 no. That's still my love language. <laughs> mm. That's kind of that's that's interesting. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Dr. Chapman, I just I want to speak on behalf of millions of people here uh, and just say thank you uh, for taking the time to do this and for the what has now been decades of encouragement and work. Uh, both in your your work through the church and then also, uh, you know, the work that you're doing with relationships. It, it really, really makes a big difference in the world, and we appreciate you very much. Well, thank you. It was good chatting with you. Wow. What a fantastic conversation. And for your action items for today, or my action items, I should say, of just going in back and reviewing the the notes from the interview here with Dr. Chapman. There's a couple things that I wanted to to, to hone in on. Um, 
I mean, really just one thing that I wanted to hone in on in terms of putting this into practice, because obviously his work is in personal relationships and in marriage counseling. I mean, that's that's the source of his background. But um, this these five love languages, I think, apply so directly to leadership. They apply so directly to, uh, you know, customer service and to... Um, you know, client appreciation. If you're a salesperson, and and but specifically, you know, thinking about this in terms of as a person who's a leader, um, and and or a parent. But um, I wanted to I wanted to connect this to the the my takeaway from the corporate environment in the workplace, where he said 64 percent of people who leave a company leave because they don't feel appreciated. 64%, two-thirds, two-thirds, two of the last three people who have left your company have left because they did not feel appreciated. That has huge implications, right? That is a, that because that's, whose job is it to make them feel appreciated? That's the leader's job. That's your fault if you're the leader. That's my fault as the leader. And that is a big deal, because we know that the CODO, uh, C-O-T-O, the cost of turnover, um, is, is, it's like $10,000. Uh, every time you hire a new person, there's like $10,000 in additional expenses beyond what you pay, whatever you pay the person. So turnover is a huge cost. And they're saying the data is that two-thirds of those people just leave because they don't feel appreciated. That's it. That's the number one reason they leave. So as a leader, you could improve your retention dramatically by mastering this one skill, making people feel important, making people feel special, making people feel appreciated. So of all the skills you might learn in MBA school, and I can speak from personal experience of having gone through MBA school, of all the books that you read in business, very few talk about the skill of making people feel appreciated, making people feel valued and important and special and and loved, right? Can we use that word in the business community? Making your people feel loved. Do they feel loved? If they feel loved, they will stay. If they do not feel loved, they will leave. Sounds like it's that simple. So, um... That is a powerful statistic. And then the other statistic that was related to that was what they found in the workplace that 40% of people in the workplace, their workplace form of their workplace love language is words of affirmation, and 35% are acts of service. So that means you're going to capture 75% of the people on your team if you can master those two types of love languages in the workplace, words of affirmation and acts of service. And uh, we've actually done some training on this uh, at Southwestern Consulting. We've done several different types of training on this. And so I wanted to share with you a couple of those actionable ideas. So first of all, let's talk about words of affirmation. And uh, of course, one of the legends around Southwestern history and heritage is the late Spencer Hayes. And um, 
gosh, you know, Spencer didn't send very many emails, but I remember one of the emails, one of the very first emails I ever got from Spencer as a leader was this, this list of leadership uh, affirmations, these things that you do every day. And one of the things that was right there near the top was I make people feel important. And so I'm going to give you 10 phrases here. These are just 10 phrases that I'm pretty sure you can never say too often, right? I mean, I guess you could overdo it in, in some sense, but for the most part, many of us are erring far on the side of not saying these enough as a leader. And just think about who's your leader, right? So who, who is your leader? Who directly leads you? And do they, do they tell you these things? Do you feel appreciated by them? Uh, do they actually articulate these 10 phrases? These are simple phrases I'm about to give you. Simple. Uh, you probably don't even need to write them down. You can write them down because they're that powerful, but you don't really, you could probably just remember this or the idea. But if, if 40% of our workforce responds to words of affirmation as their number one sense uh, of love language and 64% of people who are leaving are leaving because they don't feel appreciated. These are really valuable. These are money-making terms, but they're they're more about mission-making, relationship-making uh, terms. So here's 10 simple ones. Number one, I care about you. I care about you. Number two, I believe in you. Number three, I am proud of you. Number four, I am grateful for you. Number five is a little bit of a twist, uh, but I think that we need to say this, and I think it does, it does affect a lot um, in terms of how people feel, is I am sorry. I am sorry. The leader has to be able to say the words, I am sorry. It speaks to your vulnerability and your compassion, your empathy, and, and your humility to be connected to those people around you. When you make a mistake, you have to say, I am sorry. Number six, I appreciate you. Number seven, I admire you. Number eight, I am here for you. Number nine, thank you. And number 10, careful how you would use this one in the corporate world, okay? Uh, I definitely wouldn't use this on somebody's first day or at an annual review, but over the course of time, the people who have been with you for a long time, the people who have been loyal to you, the people who have bent over backwards to help you, to support you, that have... The, the, the people who have laid their sweat and tears on the line to, to support your company, your mission, your, uh, your agendas as a leader, I love you. I love you. I care about you. I believe in you. I am proud of you. I am grateful for you. I am sorry. I appreciate you. I admire you. I am here for you. Thank you. And I love you. Those are simple but powerful and important and, and income-producing activities 
if you're a leader, right? Like if you can't, if you find it as mushy and soft and whatever, here's the data, right? This is an income producing activity. Making people feel appreciated isn't just a good idea. It's not just a sweet, fluffy thing. It's a, it's a revenue driving, income producing, profit margin perpetuating, important, critical, significant skill make people feel appreciated. Words of affirmation, those are 10 simple phrases that are actionable for you. And then the next thing is uh, acts of service. So he said about 35% um, are acts of service is their number one workplace language. So I'm going to just give you five acts of service that as a leader, or even not as a leader, I mean, if I would, I would argue that if you do these things, even if you're a colleague, or even if you are a subordinate, I would argue that if you do these things, you are leading and you are leading because almost nobody does these things and you are leading because you're contributing to the fabric and the character of the whole organization and you're taking the stairs here because most people aren't willing to do this, this stuff. This is uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. And yet if you do this, you will become the leader probably very quickly, um, so here's five acts of service that you can do for the people on your team or in the organization that you're a part of. Number one, teach them something. Teach them something. That is an act of service. Number two, help them solve a problem. Right? When somebody has an issue, when they have a problem, when they are stuck, then if you can be there to help them, that is an act of service. It's a sign of, it's, a, it's a, an expression of love. Number three, help them get started quickly. That is a tremendous act of service. And people are vulnerable in the very beginning, right? When they join your team, they don't know what to do. They feel lost. Everything that you can do as an organization to help them be successful quickly is an expression of love. They feel loved. They feel treasured. But if you just kind of go, okay, well, uh, you know, thanks for being here. Here's your phone and here's your here's your computer. Good luck, right? Um, and sometimes that's really hard. I mean, with virtual, we're Southwestern Consulting, and we're mostly a virtual organization these days, and it's hard. Um, it's hard to do that. But find a way to help them get started. Um, another thing you can do there is is you know, like if you're in sales, which one of the things we always do is we try to help them make their first sale or we try to help give them their first couple leads or, you know, try to try to funnel things their way that are going to help them um, early on. Uh, number four, number four, share with them a piece of personal development. So give them a, a book or a podcast, share an article and don't just send it out to your whole team. Find one person and say, hey, I wanted to share this with you. And either share it with them and say, because you do such a great job of this, I just wanted to you know, use it as a way to recognize them and say, you know what, you're really a master at what they're talking about here. Um, or you could say, hey, you know, you had, a, you had a question about this the other day. I think you're going to like this article. I think you're going to love listening to this podcast or this interview. Or I think you're, you'll really enjoy this book or this article or whatever. But share a piece of personal development with them. Um, you know, those of you that are in uh, coaching with us, you know, share share one of the things that you learned. Gosh, get them the five love languages. Um, that's a that's a great act of service. I guess that technically would be a gift. Um, and then number five, in terms of a, of a great act of service, is leave them an encouraging note. Just leave them a note, just a simple note that says, "Hey, wanted to let you know I believe in you. Thanks for all your hard work." That's it. 
Two sentences. I believe in you. Thanks for your hard work. Hey, I'm so grateful for you. Hey, thanks for having such a great attitude. Hey, thanks for always coming in early. You know what? I really appreciate how you always smile. You make everyone around you feel better. Those, it's that easy. It's that simple. It's that simple. I wouldn't even go so far to say, even though it is incredibly simple, it's not easy because it requires you going out of your way. And here is the essence of the whole message, I think, of the whole day, and is that the enemy here is being self-centered. The enemy here is operating in a world that revolves around you. And the magic is getting outside of yourself, being considerate. In other words, you consider other people. You consider their emotions. You consider their feelings. You consider uh, their contributions. And you, as part of considering what they've done and who they are and what matters to them, you then allow yourself to be inconvenienced. You allow yourself to, to be pulled in the direction of going out of your way to let them know that you care about them. To let them know that you appreciate them. And if you can do that as a leader, if you can do that one thing, if all you can do is this one thing, if you only learn how to make people feel special, if you can make people feel important, if you can make people feel appreciated, then you will be a great leader. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that helps new prospective listeners determine if the show's really a good fit for them. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.